Hello and welcome to the Prog Magazine podcast with me, Joe Kendall, Albums Editor. Today I'm joined by actor, comedian, musician, naturalist, possibly naturist, and someone playing a... Chinese good flute. Bill Bailey. Hello. 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 Delighted to see you, sir. Good to see you. So, um, we have convened at Bill Bailey HQ. Yes. Um, thank you for letting us in. You're welcome. Um, I'm very impressed with the chandeliers, the moat, um, yeah. the wings, all the wings. The healing pyramid. Healing pyramid, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But um, we are talking today about your uh, tour, Larks in Transit. Yes. Um, which is about to hit a residency at Wyndham's Theatre. Indeed. In December, December 3rd to January 5th. Yeah. Um, this is something you've been touring for a little while. Yes. And I saw it last year as Christmas Larks as oh, well. Oh, Christmas Larks, right. In Shepherd's Bush Empire. That's right, yeah. yeah. And it was very musical. Well, it was. And it was actually quite uh, a revelation to me, um, working with a choir. The first time I've done that. And uh, it's something I think I'd like to revisit possibly for this residency because it's uh, I don't know opens up all manner of possibilities working with voices it's always tricky to do it logistically on tour trying to get singers all in the one place when you're on you know travelling around the country but because I'll be sort of you know ensconced in uh, the Wyndhams I think that might, might be more logistically feasible so I'd love to do that again it was great fun yeah it really worked well at yeah, Chappers Bush I and that was a rock gig as well it you was yeah. It, yeah you managed to, put to, to get a bit of rock in there particularly the uh, little spin on God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen yes absolutely I think which is crying out to be uh, given a proper me- metal perhaps even or even it may get the full prog treatment at Christmas oh well that'd be good I'll get um, the flute in oh yeah bring the flute if you can if you get through customs with that we've already yeah. spoken about the uh, the, way, the ins and outs of that look um, so Locks in Transit it's got a little bit of a proggy title, hasn't it? It has. It does feel like that, doesn't it? It feels like you can imagine an album cover. I wonder what it was inspired by. Yeah. Lark's tongues in... <laughs> perhaps, you know, perhaps, maybe, maybe, perhaps. Maybe, not giving it, too much away. No, that's right. But is there a concept to it? There is. Well, I mean, the idea was that it's Lark's as... I mean, it is a nodding reference to my um, association with birds and the, the lark itself. Um a little bit of a nod to the classics, as in The Lark Ascending, uh, which is um, was voted by, a, I think, by the members of the jolly old public as the most requested tune on Desert Island Discs, if they were to have such a choice. Uh, so it's got sort of, it's it's something which is quintessentially English, I think, and it is something which is slightly eccentric in as much as it is music that is replicating a bird song. And that both of those things are incorporated in the show. So this show is very much, it's about English eccentricity. It's about bird song. I get people to try and identify bird calls in it. Uh, there's a sort of quiz in it. It's, it's, it's got a lot of history, a lot of, a lot of references to history in it. So it all seemed to be, you know, Part, it all seems to be the stars were starting to align when the title came up. And originally, the title was very much, um, much more about larks in the sort of uh, the, the you know the meaning of fun, you know, like jolly japes, you know, like um, it's a Dickensian line, you know, yeah, what, in, larks? Right, what larks pit, and it's that. So it was, and the in transit bit of it was very much. Uh, uh, just a kind of a general um, 
collection of stories of things that have happened to me over the last, I suppose, 15, 20 years and where comedy has taken me and the opportunities it's, it's afforded me. And also, uh, the last show I did in the West End, Limbo Land, I started to put my toe in the water about talking about my own experiences and family experiences, something I hadn't really done before. And it um, was not only fun to do, but it was kind of quite relatable to people. I wanted to make it something that everyone could relate to rather than just a, a very you know personal experience that's just happened to me. And that kind of made me think, well, actually, you know, there's a, there's a lot of this stuff. It's quite a wealth of material, which I'm perhaps not, I haven't really you know, tapped into. So it was a bit of a, you know, a slightly it was a bit of a, you know, light bulb moment really going off. And that's what prompted this next show, which is again, there's lots of music in it, lots of stories, traditional stand up, but um, with a bit more of a sort of, you know, a, a, a travel and transitory element to it. And of course now, and the way these shows have a way of doing it, and, and the, the, a way of, morphing into meaning something else of course now it means that we are the whole country is in state of transit and we are in, in globally in that sort of state yeah yep. so it's it sort taking of on another meaning yeah takes it's got layers isn't it yeah oh so many so many so many layers yeah. so many so um in case readers and uh, listeners don't know you do come from a love of Prague as well as other things we talked about yeah. this a couple of times in the magazine yeah. but um i think we should go through it sure. um where does your your love of Prague begin i think it's it started at school because um, I played in a band at school, which was, I think, when I look back at it now, we wouldn't have, we would have probably shunned a label, but we were unashamedly prog. I mean, there was a lot of elements were, you know, present and correct. Twiddly guitars, very, very long keyboard solos, <laughs> multiple keyboards, yep. electronic keyboards, synthesizers. Uh, a little bit nod to costume, quite a lot of staging. There was a there, there was, it was a cake. shape of things to come. It was a shape of things to come. There yeah. was a lot of smoke and dry ice on stage. Concepts at school. Yeah. Oh my word. Yeah, I mean, you know, songs based on classical poems. I mean, it was it, it was all there. This is you based out in the West Country as a lad. Yeah. What was the first prog album that you bought? Uh, I guess it would have probably been uh, one of the Yes albums. Um, I can't remember which one. Uh, I bought a King Crimson album. I remember King Crimson played in Moles Club when uh, I was there, when I was at school there, and that was a big event. That was a, I mean, it was... Tiny venue. Tiny little venue. Big, big noise. Huge amount of noise. Tony Levine playing this stick bass, yeah. which had 10 strings. And something which I've never seen in the like before or since. Was it Baloo as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So did you get quite close up? We got very close up. Whoa. <laughs> I saw, I mean, look, I know how difficult those things are to play. In fact, to be fair, he had it on a stand. So you couldn't, you can't actually hold the stick base. Don't we all? You have to put <laughs> a plinth. It might a even plinth. have been a plinth. Yes. And he had to sort of approach it and play it like it was some sort of museum piece. Oh, I was so impressed with that. Uh, I think the thing is that it was the ambition of it, really, and the kind of the musicianship which really drew me to it in the How first place. How long have you been at that time, seeing oh. them there? God, I don't know. Tiny. Maybe teens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was... Uh, that was a bit of a revelation. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I, had a, I had a friend of mine whose father was a musician, and he was deeply into prog. He was, he was a big Genesis fan, I remember. 
And he, I remember take, take, took us up to NEC in Birmingham to see them. And again, I was very impressed just by the general, the whole staging and the lighting and everything. It was like a much more theatrical do mm. than your average gig. So, uh, and my cousin was a musician. He was a very accomplished trumpet player and he was into the musicianship of bands rather than, more than anything else. And that probably drew me, I was influenced by his tastes, which were very much of, of that ilk, yeah. more, you know, of the of the more sort of, shall we say, musically more complex. So. Well, classical music is super complex as well, and that's yeah. something else that was very influential to you. I went to see Hulse Planet Suite played oh, um, recently at St Paul's Cathedral with organ and choir. Wow, spectacular. Yeah. Um, and that was something that was very important to you Definitely. when you were younger. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I was trained uh, as, a, uh, as a classical pianist, and I went through the whole exam uh, sort of um, system and I went through all the grades and then I went up through right all the way through to associateship of the London College of Music and that's where I I got my diploma and so uh, I was I had this I was on this path to probably be either professional musician or to teach as a piano teacher and but it was around about this time I discovered the love of doing stand-up comedy (laughs) So uh, that sort of took over for a bit. But definitely music was a huge part of my upbringing. You know, we, my cousin was musical. My uncle, was, he sang in a, in a choir. Um, other members of the family played instruments. We had a piano at the house. We always, you know, music was always around. And I, I went to see classical concerts with my mum and dad. And, I, and what always struck me and what and I guess what eventually was to sort of percolate through my whole life and eventually it culminated in the remarkable guide to the orchestra and that was I wanted to know more about what was being played how instruments create um, contribute to the sort of texture of an orchestra what bits of the orchestra sound um, what bits you know, what sounds do they make how does that work? How does it all work together? How do you orchestrate? How do you arrange to make a sound in what it was? And you were also expected to know these things when you went to classical concerts. You were expected to know where to clap and what, what the piece was called and what the composer was and all of that. And I just wanted to do something where to put a show on where you where this was explained as we went along. Like, here's a piece of music, but let's take away the brass. Let's take away the strings. Let's listen to the woodwind. Let's play just the bassoons let's listen to the harp this is you know very much along the lines and lines of um you know young person's guide yeah but the young person's guide i don't know if you've heard it recently it's an enormously pompous <laughs> and very much like here is a clarinet <laughs> that's nice isn't it listen up you're there <laughs> i think we need to redo well you this is what you you, you did on stage didn't you it's uh, the proms wasn't it uh was it this was no, this, no, well, this was the remarkable guide, remarkable the orchestra, guide, yeah, yeah, at the Avalon. But it, it was, it. it was more of a, I mean, it's much more irreverent than that. But it was very much, it was very much like, you young person, you put down that ping pong bat and listen to the oboe, <laughs> and it was, it's sort of a very staid thing now. But this was very much a reaction to that and to the in the way that I wanted to see, I wanted to explore, in a creative way how to explain why music has an emotional effect on us in the way that it does and that was the sort of 
the reason for it and it's still and that's something I still want to do we can see how curious you are about music and musical instruments even just by looking around this room by the way yes. we are actually in Bill's shed yes and there is there is a motion of dragon in it but there's there is yeah, there's yeah, also there is. this and, I, and I, I wanted to show you this because oh, yeah. this is a beautiful thing this I don't think now do you know what this is it looks like a rain stick it is a rain stick yeah. yes correct and uh, do I get a prize yes you get a prize yeah but it's, it's a rain stick is um it's just a stick, but if you tip it upside down, it makes this noise. Seems quite nice. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Very nice. And the heaven's opened. The heaven's opened, and there was a yeah, that's and that's amazing. it. Amazing. I so love that, that. So that's something to start with. For it's melodic. It has some sort of melody to it, and it's yeah. rhythmic. It can be rhythmic as well. Yeah. So if you can't play anything, at least you can shake your stick. Yes, tipping chip, the stick upside down. Yeah. You know, it's, it works both ways. <laughs> you know. Oh my god! It's <laughs> multi-directional. It is. And it's got its own movement as well. It's got its own so movement. You've yeah. You've got drums, keyboards, guitar. Guitar, of course, there's a guitar. Yeah, of course, yeah. there's a guitar. What's the? What's the? I mean, you're constantly on a search. So, what's the proggiest thing that you think you've um, found? Oh, uh, I've it's got various mad stuff. It, there's some, there is some stuff. There is. I mean, I've got various theremins tucked away, which are quite proggy. Theremins um, high up there. Really high up there. I mean, I would say. Um, I mean, I I think old English instruments are, are sort of things I like. I'm, I'm exploring more of. Over there, I have got a cittern. Which is a beautiful thing. Ten stringed old English precursor to the guitar. Uh, what is got a lovely sound? That's it. Yeah, I can get it. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do that? Why don't we have a go? Yeah. I'll go and get it. Shall I? Yeah, let's, let's hold on a minute. This I'll is, just. This, I'll... this is this is good podcasting. This is. Yeah. I need to phone the artist actually to do the crunch, crunch, crunch. Oh yes, that's right. It. There he goes. <laughs> he's, he's moving. He's going across the uh, the gravel drive. <laughs> Uh, and he's, uh, oh, there we go, this is it, and uh, you can hear me, I'm yeah. uh, unzipping it, and um, oh, there it's it a is. Oh, that's a lovely piece, Bill. <laughs> yes, it's a, it, it's a beautiful thing, and it's got, I'll just tune it quite quickly for you. preponderance of strings more strings than you might imagine but it's or need or need in fact <laughs> it's it's actually this so it's tuned a little bit like a mandolin but but it's got a sort of a uh, much more of a fuller sound and a deeper sound because it's got as a sort of a very much uh, it's got a real kind of so you could be a fairport or Led Zeppelin absolutely that. you can do all of that I like, I like it I like it I so like it a, a lot um, and something you told me about before was your um, King James Bible uh, the King James Bible yes now I don't know the Bible I don't know whether the Bible where the Bible is uh, it's probably on tour actually. It has, I've seen it on tour. Yeah, I've it goes on tour. Because yeah. you take quite a few things out with you. I do, on yes. Tour. Unless, uh, and lots in transit will have some of these instruments. Oh, very much oh, yeah. so, yeah. Um, uh, in fact, well, they, they'll have pretty much all of these things. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, I like to experiment because I think, I think the thing is that, you know, 
when when you go and see um, uh, bands or music or even comedy, you know, people play very traditional instruments. You'll you see a guitar, maybe a keyboard, but I like to try of, you know, give people a little a glimpse of what other instruments are about. And there are some extraordinary things. This, for example, you might not know this, but this is a um, a hand drum. Have you seen these things? I have, yes. I have seen it, but I'm delighted to see it uh, again. Well, yeah, I'll just quickly, you know, and we um, do need to, to hear it as well. It. Yeah, well, it, it, this is um, it's uh, it, this is actually a, 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 a this hand. Was, this was a Star of Christmas marks. A hand pan. Yeah. Yeah. This and this thing. Sort of a, a rather pleasing. It's, it's um, fine saucer like, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's got that sort of feel to it. Beautiful. It's got a kind of amazing camera to it. Beautiful. And um, beautiful. it is a lovely thing. So that'll be in. Um, something that you talk about in your show, um, an instrument, has yeah. a prog connection, prog awards connection, doesn't yes. it? Yes. And that's your Peter Gabriel. My Peter Gabriel log drum. Yeah. Which uh, I have actually, um, I, I used to tour it um, because it's such a beautiful thing. And then oh, I really... Should we rewind actually? Because oh. it was from the it was from the Prog Awards, wasn't it? It was from the Prog Awards. You came to the Prog Awards. Yeah. Had well, a brilliant time, as everybody does at the Prog Awards. Oh, wait. But you were actually, wait, you, were, you were assigned to Peter Gabriel, weren't you? Because that's you were presenting. Yes. Prog God to Peter Gabriel. The thing is, I was, um, yeah, absolutely right. I was assigned, I haven't got the... Um, oh my God, the cupboard's open. There's so much stuff in there. There's so much stuff in there. No, what happened was... Narnia. I was... I can see it. <laughs> I, I was assigned to present um, Peter Gabriel with the, the um, Prog... Uh, what was it? The God. Prog God. Prog God mm, Award. The ultimate. The ultimate. <laughs> Both Emperor. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, and he said, um, we're, we're rather charming. He said he'd like me to do it because he said he didn't want it to be too serious. And so uh, I said I, I took him at his word, and um, I made sure that it wasn't t too serious. Although it was respectful, I think, in an affectionate way. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I mentioned the fact that his um, musical ambition has had an effect on me. I was, in fact, and I imagine many, many others. And that, you know, that approach to creativity is something which applies to all sort of genres, not just music. But also I did take the piss out of him a little bit as well. But that's fine. It is fine. That's all right. We loved it. We he, loved, he loved it. <laughs> luckily, well, then, he luck, loved it. Because he, he can be a bit murderous, can't he? Well, the thing is, then this thing arrived. And this is an African log drum. thing and I had it and it just arrived um, at my office and, uh, and you thought, I, that's nice that's nice and I played it for a bit and then I put it back in the box and I left it there for a bit and then I played it a little bit more and then I played and I knocked around and it knocked around the office for months and then one day I was picking it up to put it in the in the box and uh, I was just tipped it over and then I realized that he'd written a note for me on the bottom of the drum which I had not it's seen. Why, like would you, a, why would you look on the bottom? Like an idiot. You put, should have and put a note on a bit of paper and it's things. A, I know, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful note. It says, to Bill, thank you so much for coming to grant me official prog god status. Deification was painless, and thanks to your introduction, hilarious. 
Very much appreciation from me and all my Uzbek nose twiddling associates. <laughs> <laughs> Which, from one log drummer to another, love Peter Gabriel. And it's one of my treasured oh, possessions. So, of course, I, I was then horrified that I'd just been sort of, you know, chucking it about. Chucking it about and then <laughs> realising it was just a very special thing. So now it now resides here and not on tour. And I've subsubsequently got a replacement, a standby log drum, which I then use. But that's the authentic one. That's the, the real one. one. Yeah. It's lovely. It really is. Yeah, it's a beautiful Ma- thing. Amazing. So, um, Prog's funny. There's a lot of humour in Prog. There is a lot and of humour. you've been able to extract that, haven't you, and use it in your shows? Yes, absolutely. And I think that there's... There's something about the grandness, the, spe- the, the the theatricality, the spectacle of it, the musical ambition, the sort of almost the the, the operatic sweep of it that, that lends itself very much to, to comedy. But also it kind of crosses over a little bit with comedy in that regard. And I've always thought one of my first, one of my very first shows I ever did, I want, I had all elements that were prog elements in the show. I'd written an opera about insects taking over the world. I had a giant uh, X-wing fighter um, keyboard stand, you know, and <laughs> and so it sort of, it has had an influence on me over the years. Is this the one with the 25-foot ant as well? Uh, the 25-foot ant, yeah. yeah. That lived in your garden? It was in the garden for, yes, a while. Yeah. And, but, but, and I, t- I think I told you that nobody... But I deny it. No, they no. just thought, ah, oh, this... It's all in Bill, as in his garden. <laughs> 25 foot ant. Because <laughs> you do like a prop, don't you? I love a prop. Oh, if you can get if you get the right one. One of the my most favourite props was um, for a show that I wrote with Sean Locke, the uh, comedian Sean Locke, old friend of mine. And we did a show about an old rock star who was a sort of prog rock rocker and who'd fallen out of favour. And he wanted to get back onto the scene, and we sort of looked into his private life, and what we and we imagined what he might do, and he he liked to, you know, he was a big rock star, right? He loved he was a big proper rock star, but he liked to keep it real, so he liked to go shopping in the local supermarket, but he had his own trolley made, which was a stretch trolley. So we, we actually had a stretch trolley made, and we it literally was two shopping trolleys cut and shut basically cut in half and we had a double length oh, I was a thing of beauty and wonder a double length shopping trolley that is very prog with smoked glass down the side and one of those sort of like radio TV aerials on the back yeah. and I would sit in it and my roadie would push me around the supermarket oh, it was a beautiful thing so you tried to keep a lot of these props but eventually yeah you can't. It's storage is the problem. Yeah, a bit of a problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm down to things that are vaguely portable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back a few, quite a few years, you did a top ten of prog for Channel yes, Four. That's yeah, right. I, I really loved that series. Actually, yeah, the top ten. It was good actually. Yours, yeah. yours was fantastic, and I think it might have been an introduction for a lot of people who'd never seen it before. Who never heard of it? Yeah, yeah they'd yeah. never heard of it before. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things I actually loved was there's a little tiny clip of Robert Fripp washing up with Toya. Yeah. How did that? How did that happen? And also, know. again, it's a shame for things to come because we know how domesticized he is now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also part of the discipline of his music and and life is uh, make yeah. sure you do the washing up. Make sure you do the washing up. Yes, it's all very part of it. You know, keep it real. Keep it real. Yeah. You know, don't let someone else do it. Don't let have a washing up, roadie. No. 
you know. Not when you can do it yourself properly. Do it properly. Yeah. You know, make sure you, uh, you know, dry it and stack it. Don't leave it for someone else. This is true. A sting would do. <laughs> oh, oh, eh? what, what? But he's your prog hero, really, isn't he, Fripp? Yeah, I think so. I think um, when I, I saw him doing this, I mean, just the, that level of, the level of, again, musical proficiency, proper woodliness as well proper twiddly but also a kind of you know a sort of strange surreal genius really and I think that that's what you know it, it's, it's, a, it's shot through all sorts of of the more grander musical ambitious projects that I've tried to do and I think that that's something which I'm going to try and I'm doing more of in fact in this show so you know we'll continue that tradition have you ever met him? no Oh, right. Mm. We might have to try and make that happen. Yes. Surely he must be a friend or fan of yours. I would hope so. Yeah, you hope so. Um, so, who else is tickling your prog banana these days? What are you listening to? Tickling the prog banana? Um, I mean, all, I just go back and re-listen to lots of stuff I've loved before. I mean, recently we uh, we, um, we were on a we were on a road trip. And we had Rush some Rush albums on mm. which are always good 21, good. 12 mm. which I always thought was a bit of a, a you know soundtrack to the film a film that could be made uh, about I don't know perhaps some sort of alien invasion I think you know they have a lot of sci-fi in their lyrics anyway they've taken yeah. from um, uh, certain inspirations so yeah that's, yeah that's feasible feasible isn't it it's feasible um, and I've, I've got into a lot of quite experimental music as well, like music that sort of doesn't really have a genre. I don't even know what it is. How are you finding I, it? I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I like it because it makes you, it just makes you rethink how music can be made, you know, and and that you don't necessarily need the, the, the sort of instruments. It makes you sort of reimagine how you'd create a song or a sound, you know, like... Um, was it somebody played me an album by a bloke called Eve Tumor, and it was just bonkers. It's all manner of things, samples and breaths and claps and huge symphonic bursts and little bits of drum and keyboard, and it backs off and then sound effects, and it just doesn't follow any rules at all. And that might be my... A, a, a sort of an inspiration for a new kind of approach to music you know like like these recording devices you're recording this podcast on can be used to record sounds you know like found sounds out and about you know like a, a sort of like this annoying drilling that's going on yeah. <laughs> you know or piece the, of experimental music going on outside yeah, right now it's yeah, fine. Sorry, you know, Adrian Blue's turned Adrian, up <laughs> morning Adrian keep it down <laughs> yeah um, we told you five minutes. I told you five minutes. He said four holes. He was drilling, yeah. and uh, um, and uh, and you, you know, it's sort of the combination of that. I think that's what I like about it. It's the combination of you know interesting sounds like that bird song. I love the sounds of nature. Trying to incorporate them um, with industrial sounds, urban soundscapes, plus traditional instruments, plus ancient instruments, and seeing what that collision of sounds gets you to mm. because that that's nature sounds particularly is how music began i think i mean this is my own theory don't you know this isn't no you know um wreath lecture but this is my own theory and that is that uh people heard wind 
in the trees. And, uh, and, and I'd like to think that my ancestors, my Neanderthal ancestors, when they were done hunting and they'd had a big of a feast and they were sitting there on a rock and they were feeling a little bit wistful, a bit melancholy, and a bit of wind goes through the trees. And it catches the wind in a certain, the trees and the boughs in a certain way. It makes a beautiful sighing sound. And it made them go a bit all a bit misty-eyed. Or they might have heard a beautiful bird singing, like a goldfinch, and thought, God, that's nice, isn't it? And then tried to maybe replicate it. Mm. You know, heard water. You know, a babbling brook. Maybe tried to replicate the sound of that. That's how I think, that's our earliest um, attempts at music. Allied to a natural rhythm, the heartbeat as well. With the heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it uh, that's that's I think you know it's the 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 journey of music from ancient from sound nature sounds to the kind of the technology that we have now the collision of those I think creates something quite extraordinary and uh, undeniably prog I think mm, yeah very much so um, so obviously you're going to do lots in transit first but have you got any plans for what comes next. Well, um, I'm doing some more filming with Idris Elba on this TV show oh, yeah. is in the long run, and then we're doing a couple more series of that, and then I'm going to be doing some touring, hopefully before I um, we get to the TV filming in in Japan. That's where I'm going to be playing, hopefully, and then a bit in the States, and then ultimately I'd like to do a show which is which is more music, almost perhaps even. Exclusively music. I was going to say, it's going to be a yeah. rock opera, isn't it? It might well be, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. As long as I get to use my rain it. stick. I would love that. Well, I just wondered if you were going to carry on the... Uh, yeah, the rain stick has to be in there. It, 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 it just makes noise even when you just look at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was hoping you might carry on the uh, King Crimson theme and maybe do Bill Bailey's Red. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or, That's right. Or, or I've clumsily got the King James Bible guitar black... Starless in the court of the Crimson the, King James yes, Bible. That's, that's yes, it. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Yes. You're on. Okay. Let's let's do it. High five. Oh, high five. We've done it. We've achieved that. <laughs> well, Bailey, thank you so much for chatting today. You're very uh, welcome. We'll see you at Larks in Transit. Indeed. In um, December. Yes. And January. I'll uh, be there. And on the road after. That's me. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>